Bible. Welcome, everybody. You are with SWAT Radio. <laughs> hey, we're talking about the king, right? So a newborn king, baby. I, I, I guess, like that I song. guess that, uh, you know, we should be able to sing uh, and listen to Christmas music anytime during the All year. All year. I was telling Doug right before we came on, okay, you're one of these people my wife and I make fun of starting with the Christmas stuff in October, but... Uh, no, you're right. The words to the songs are what is important. Well, anyway, listen, when you when you have Abigail, my daughter Abigail, and Becca in the car, we listen to Christmas I understand. music all year long. I but understand. We, we we took a little break in the fall, but now we're back on it. And I'm telling you, there's just something uplifting and hopeful. I agree. About all that music. I agree. I wonder why. Because we're focused <laughs> on the king. You know, well, you you it. were mentioning yesterday when we uh were in the cave at uh in Israel at Shepherd's Field, the the site where they, you know, don't know for sure it's the exact site, but within a mile or two, right, of where the Shepherd's Fields would have been that the angels appeared to the night Jesus was born. And yeah. we were in a cave that they an archaeologists uncovered at some point and it was probably very similar to the cave that the stable that Jesus was was born in that was the caves were used to house the right they were we've learned right since they yeah. were used to house and protect the sacrificial sheep the yeah. lambs yeah and uh, so they would be without blemish uh, that's another thing we should talk about sometime on SWAT radio that's fascinating I know we've got into that before but yeah. anyway that singing hark the herald angels did you sing. know that before you went over no there? I did not but singing nobody ever thinks about no, the sheep, do they? no and, and that beth well now that we get into it that bethlehem was an area where the sheep used at passover right the sacrificial without blemish sheep were raised lambs were raised and it was a huge responsibility right to protect them and keep them so that they would be without blemish yeah. and my understanding is that oftentimes they would be kept in these caves to protect them from being injured mm-hmm and lo and behold, that's where Jesus is is born. The ultimate, the true sacrificial lamb without blemish is born in Bethlehem. But anyway, my original point was... Uh, <laughs> what was your original point, David That we Drake? sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing in that cave, and it was one of the most uplifting and moving experiences I've ever had, and certainly one of the highlights of uh, of the trip to Israel. Yeah, it was, it, it was, an, it was an amazing trip because i all every time i go I've, I've been nine times now i always learn something hey um if you're just tuning in you're listening to swat radio and we we certainly appreciate our stations in mississippi wmer and wmox the lighthouse up in the chesapeake portsmouth uh area 
of Virginia, those Virginia Beach people that listen going to and from work. Thank you all for listening. And people who listen through the Internet, and thanks to James Grimm, who handles all of our social media and everything. And we appreciate uh, even our listeners over in Europe who uh, we have a guy. I know we got a few people in England who are listening who uh, reach out to us regularly. And so thank you, folks, for listening and uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And it was uh, spawned out of the SWAT Bible studies that have been going on here about 10 years. And uh, our, our desire is to teach God's Word. And Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we're working through the text. This week, we are actually in Mark chapter 1, the Gospel of Mark, verses 14 and 15. And we're looking at the kingdom gospel. If you tuned in any over the summer, you heard David and Brad and then me and Brad and me and David talking about a book called the Discipleship Gospel that really highlights the kingdom gospel. And it's really a perspective on the gospel that I, I, I believe we've missed. And so that's what we're focused on this week. We always take the first segment oh, and kind of deal with Maybe things going on in our culture, our world, and everybody's eyes are, are focused right now on Israel. And I don't know if I told you, one of my guides that I had a, a few years ago, I've, I'm friends with, he's been posting pictures of both people that have uh, lost loved ones over there, the loved ones that are lost. And I don't know if you saw, David, there was a, there was a video clip that was circulating on all the news channels of a dark-haired woman who was being pushed in the back of a sheep and then pushed, uh, she pulled out of the back of a jeep, pushed over in the side of the passenger side. I don't know if you. Saw I didn't it. see it. Is this the woman who was kidnapped from the music festival? Yes. Okay, I yes. read about it. Yeah. I didn't see the yeah. video. So anyway, uh, she is apparently now or or was in a hospital uh, in um, in Gaza uh, apparently. Uh, and um, she is a German citizen who was living over there, and her name is Shani, S-H-A-N-I, Luke, L-U-K, and uh, she's in serious condition, they say, um, and they're they're really trying to get her out. So uh, lift up a prayer for Shani, Luke, um, and all the people that are being held right there. But we, this was a lady who was on a lot of the TV. It was just really hmm. terrible what they showed. So I mean, is she still being technically held hostage? Yes. Okay, but yes, she's in a hospital. Uh, that's what that that's what they say. Okay. And uh, we're just trying to pray that there would be a way for her to get out of Gaza and get treatment but it is awful the things going on and already i don't know if you've been watching any of the um the news clips or any of the news feeds coming out but you can already see a a, a focus going on all the civilians that are in there all the problems to pressure israel to not go in there and it, it's it's going to be an ugly mm-hmm. battle here for the next few Months And, you know, one of the things that uh, Jim Dennison said is uh, when you're going, you know, he published this, he quoted somebody uh, from over there saying when, when, you know, you're in hell, if you're stopped, you're stuck. you got to keep walking. Uh, and that's what this person said they're doing over mm. there. Um, that 
that's really a wild perspective in it. And I, I, I don't believe any American, uh, unless they've served in combat or they've been in like the inner city of Chicago or places where gunfires are regular, or, 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 or were there at nine eleven. <laughs> but even even those things, even those things right there, uh, are, are seem somehow paled comparison yeah, because to this. this is ongoing as well well it's yeah. ongoing and they have all these hostages <clears throat> right and they were gopro videoing oh yeah the execution the kidnapping the torture it is it is so demonic yep so satanic yeah well that's and, what terrorism is right it's all based on on fear and intimidation and they're, and they're really cowards yeah Let, let's say what it is it's cowardice to attack civilians as they're getting ready to eat breakfast mm-hmm. or they're in their beds or think about 9-11 people sitting down at their office desk to uh and drinking coffee and getting ready to start the day and that's who you're attacking yeah i mean it, it is it is really a horrific thing and uh, you know one of the ironic things i meant to tell you this oh because it, it was funny Lori and i were watching the news last night because we're kind of you know, keeping up on this, and I had to screenshot this because it was it was really no kidding. It was brought up by uh, it was actually an opinion piece, but I'm not kidding you. The UN, the United Nations Women, tweeted out, "This is no joke. I'm not making this up. Remember, trans lesbians are lesbians too. This is what the UN." Hmm. What, what in the world should they even care about this cultural stuff for? It says, let's uplift and honor every expression of love and identity. Happy International Lesbian Day. I mean, they tweeted that the United Nations, that is so bizarre in the midst of right. this, right? right? Right. And so it's what's going on right now has put uh, liberals and elites in a pickle, really. Because Hamas hates homosexuality, mm. it hates lesbians. Mm-hmm. They that it's offensive. They the 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 death penalty for those people, right? Right. And so the same people that are over here pushing for those things are pushing for Hamas. It makes no sense yeah. to me. Yeah. And a lot of them aren't sure what to do, right? Right. Uh, right. And so. Uh, and, and I don't know if you caught that they did vote for uh, Jim Jordan. Uh, they didn't make him in there. He didn't make it. Oh, he did not the first make vote. it. They did have a vote. Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we're we in a really bad pickle ourselves. Mm. <laughs> Politically, yeah. not as bad, like geopolitically, as Israel, but we're in a bad way over here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just as a, a brief aside, I'm, I'm – just going to take a minute to do this. You and I were talking yesterday about the culture and the way the culture views our military and views those that have served and those that want to, you know, that have desired to protect us and who have fought for freedom. And, 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 you know, we're, we're talking about all that yesterday because of what's going on in Israel. And, and you had brought up the story about the retired Israeli general who's 66 years old, who, basically jumped in a car with his friend to save his friend's son and mobilized a bunch of people. And, you know, thinking about would, would anybody in America do that? Right. Yeah. And, and I wanted to mention again, and then we got talking about the history of our military and the, and the greatest generation. Well, 
I have an uncle. My dad is the youngest of ten. Really? His, uh, yeah, and his uh, one of his oldest sisters died recently, and her husband just died, ninety-eight years old, and um, was a tail gunner in the Pacific in World War II. Wow. Shot down, and at one point survived a decent amount of time on a raft before he was rescued. And mm. my dad couldn't make it to the service today because he's not feeling well. So my sister read my dad's remarks. And and this uncle of mine, who I haven't seen in a while, but he was a believer, so we know he's fine. Yeah. But um, my sister sent me this from his service. He served in the American and Asiatic Pacific Theaters of Operations with Carrier Aircraft Service Unit 24, Air Transport Squadron 11, Air Transport Squadron 2, Scout Bombing Plane Squadron, Navy Dive Bomber Squadron, goes on and on. And then it says... You know, awarded the Asiatic Pacific Theater Medal with two bronze service stars, Philippine Liberation Medal with two bronze service stars, Air Medal, Air Crew Badge with maximum stars, good conduct. I mean, it goes on. Mm. 98 years old, and we're, there's not many of those guys left. And I guess my I wanted to honor him by saying that, and my dad referred to him as his hero. And um, It was a different generation. And, sure. and, and, and it's just a reminder. I You know, you and I were talking yesterday. And I walked out of Publix last night, and I saw two guys in fatigues walking in, and I, I said something to them. I'm not saying that to say, oh, look at me saying that, but I had realized I had gotten out of the habit of thanking military guys, and, and I shouldn't do that. And no. it's just a good reminder that these guys are serving, and, they, and they're serving us. And, and uh, uh, I know we have SWAT guys who have family members who are deployed right now. And we want to remember them. One of yep. them's a pilot. We yep. want to lift him up. Yep. And uh, he's on a carrier over there. And, you know, um, Israel said today, if Iran enters, then the U.S. will enter. And mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Uh, the, Iran's not going to enter the, the right. conflict without us having right. some kind of response. That's right. Well, we're going to come back and continue looking at the uh, Gospel of Mark and the Kingdom Gospel. Uh, When we come back on SWAT Radio, we're at 844-777-7928 if you want to call. And we'll be right back after this break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network in Brunswick at 91.3. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. 
Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary. And we did not have any Christmas lead-in music there, <laughs> no. but I suspect no, we're gonna get, that we're, is going to change Well, in we're going to get days. Jeremy to, to put us <laughs> some playlists together. But I'm not ready to go to the full playlist. Okay, I'm all right. Wait we're, 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 we're easing into it. You know, I'm always happy. It's to, just that it's cool out. It's been kind of nice. And so I thought... I'm always happy to sing a carol or two as the lead-in music if yeah. you need me to. I'm, you know. <laughs> Well, one of my many duties. Uh, let's not here. get carried yeah, away. Yeah, let's not. That's the right Any, response. Anyway, let's not get carried away. Well, hey, I am uh, excited to get back into our look at the kingdom gospel. We're focused in on Mark 1, verses 14 and 15. And yesterday, we really just looked at Mark 1 14 about. How um, and if you're just tuning in for the very first time, you haven't heard anything about Mark, you don't even know what Mark's gospel is or who it was written to. It was the first gospel account that was written, and it was written by John Mark. And John Mark uh, was the cousin of Barnabas. His mother um, was uh, had a home in Jerusalem that the early church met in. And uh, he was mentored by Peter. He was mentored by Paul. He was mentored by Barnabas. Mark was just a phenomenal servant. And for some context, am I correct that his mother's house was probably the house the church was in? Yes. And they were praying for Peter. Yes. And where Peter came to the door and and Rhoda, right? The yes. girl the didn't believe girl. it was Peter. That's right. Just for some context. But I, I, I don't think I ever... I probably had heard this at some point along the line, but you, you know, expounding on this was really helpful that, that, that most, a lot of what Mark wrote was probably based on Peter's account. It was, yeah, yeah it was eyewitness accounts from Peter. And, um, we, we believe based upon the fact that it mentions his mother, Mary, no mention of his father, that his, his mother was most likely a widower. Um, and so, uh, Peter and Paul and Barnabas kind of help raise him and help mentor him, at least spiritually. And he gives us the gospel of Mark. And it was written to Christians in Rome, again, from Peter's perspective, primarily focused on Jesus as the servant king. And he, he starts off with the first verse saying, the beginning of the euangelion, understanding that the, the word euangelion is the Greek word for gospel. That is so important to our study because if you don't understand that word in its context, you bring a Western view of that word to the, all the texts that you look at where the word gospel is men mentioned. For, a, for a, a person who was alive at that time, both Jewish and Roman, the word euangelion was only used as a declaration of good news or glad tidings. It was kind of like a signal that some great event was about to be declared. And it was only allowed to be proclaimed when a new king was coronated, a new king was born, or a king had a great military victory. Since Rome didn't have a king, it was an emperor, so it was used in an emperor in their case. But that was the meaning of that word. And so for us, when we see the word gospel in the scriptures, 
And even in the Latin translation of the Old Testament where the term gospel is used or good news is used, it's euangelion. Mm. And so that that carries with it very specific connotations that are important to us understanding what Mark is trying to communicate. Yeah, and I was just going to ask you, I, I, I know the answer, I think, because you mentioned this yesterday, but when the people heard the euangelion, the announcement, the declaration, they would have understood, right, that they were expected to be subject to the new king that was being Absolutely. Announced. They were pronouncing that. Well, and they would have normally welcomed that. Right. Like certainly in the case of uh, uh, Augustus Caesar, mm-hmm. that word was used about him. And everybody would have welcomed his rule. He will bring peace. He will bring order. Mm-hmm. He will bring salvation for his people. Mm-hmm. This is why for us today... We don't consider the rule reign aspect of that word, what it really means, the kingdom of God, mm. that that concept of the kingdom of God that is closely associated with the word euangelion, because Jesus preached the kingdom of God. Um, um, you know, John the Baptist preached the kingdom of God. And you even see Paul mention the word, the kingdom mm. of God. And so, when we talk about the gospel of God, the euangelion of God, or the kingdom of God, we are talking about this king who rules and reigns. In this case, it's Jesus. It's about Jesus. The, and, and the euangelion is because of Jesus, God forgives our sin because of Jesus, right? And he takes his subjects into his kingdom to be ruled and reigned over, not in a tyrannical sense, but in a salvific sense. Uh, In other words, Mm. not for the sake of just ruling us like robots to do his will. It's to spread peace, to spread joy, true joy, because true joy is only found in our relationship with the Creator. Well, it it com- we were just talking about the shepherd's field. It, this completely changes my view of or my thinking about the angels. No other euangelion was given by angels, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? And what did they say? Yeah, Pe- peace on the earth, goodwill toward men. To your point, yeah. Uh, and, and and you know, I just never thought of it that way. That they're announcing this. That they're they're giving the euangelion about Jesus in a way that was never done before for any other king or any other ruler or Caesar or anybody, right? It's a heavenly pronouncement initially. Well, for them, yeah, at that point. Now the word euangelion had been used before, yes, but not understood. In, but not but in the this messengers context. of the euangelion yes. had never been angels. Yes. <laughs> and and here's here's the thing. We we said this yesterday. The gospel or the euangelion, the message we proclaim, determines the disciples we make. Mm. And unfortunately, in our culture, and we touched on this yesterday, there's been some gospel distortions that aren't new. I mean, uh, a forgiveness-only gospel produces consumers. A prosperity gospel produces consumers. And would you agree... I mean, as you look around our culture, that the majority of the people that sit in American churches are consumers. Mm-hmm. 
that's their mindset when they go into the church. Um, they look at their pastor as somebody who should, instead of get, looking at that pastor as an instrument of God's word, we critique the, mm-hmm. his voice, right. his style, his dress, right. everything, instead of allowing whatever he's sharing from the word, mm-hmm. uh, pending him, he, he oh, expositing in it well, you know? Uh, and so that's really created uh, problems, and we've reduced the euangelion to a simple formula for people pray this prayer in fact you'll see it on tv people will go and they don't talk about the kingdom of god mm-hmm. it's always the forgiveness of your sin right you put it well yesterday the focus being on individual people as opposed to the focus being on christ yeah as opposed to the focus being on the king of the kingdom and yeah and- so if you're listening out there um when you see a gospel presentation on TV, like these commercials or whatever somebody's saying, listen to see if they talk about the kingdom of God. Hmm. Listen to see if they talk about his rule and reign. Uh, you know, uh, other than th- th- they focus much more on your forgiveness of sin, right. which is the entrance requirement into the kingdom of God right. as his subject. And so that's what we're looking at in Mark one fourteen. 15. I had you read Mark 1, 14 through 20 yesterday, Mark 8, 27 through 38, and 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 3. And since we're only really focusing on the kingdom this week and what that means, I'm just going to have you read Mark 1, 14 and 15. Okay. And um, again, we're going to kind of go through that and just make, we'll make a couple of comments again about 14 and then we'll move into 15 is what we'll be focused on today. Okay. So Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested, John the Baptist, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Hmm. Yeah, may God bless the reading of his word. So the first thing we notice in verse 14, like I shared yesterday, is it says after John was arrested. This is about six months after the baptism. And so there was an overlap of Jesus and John's ministry. Remember, you can read about that in John chapter 1, 2, and 3. And he he says, John the Baptist says, when his disciples go, hey, there's people going over to Jesus' disciples. They're baptizing more than we are. He says, he must increase, I Mm. must decrease. In other words, it's all about Jesus. Which is a good phrase for us all to remember, right? I've I've said that to myself. Again, this is not to promote me in any way. He must increase and I must decrease. But if, if if we're doing something, some act of service, or if you and I are sitting here on the radio or whatever it is, right? I'm human. I can get thoughts of it. I got to do a good job. It's about me. People, you know, and it's not, it's not, he must increase and I must decrease. And I think a good prayer for all of us, right. Is that prayer, Lord, help my words to be your words in whatever circumstance I'm in, help the focus to be on you increasingly and less on me. You know, Mm -hmm. that's a great 
phrase, I think, for us all to remember. I, absolutely. And John the Baptist exuded humility. And you see that there. And uh, and it says that Jesus came to Galilee in verse 14, which was the primary training area of rabbis. That's where they would train their disciples is up there. Jerusalem was corrupt. They trained up in the north, the rabbis did. And so it says he, he came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel, the euangelion of God. And we really beat that up. Just remember that the euangelion is that God forgives sinners, takes him into his kingdom to be ruled and reigned over. And a king's domain is where his will is obeyed. And Mm. we talked about that yesterday. And so when we come back, Dave, we'll get into verse 15 when he says the time is fulfilled. Okay, Okay, well, we're going to take a break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. Hope you'll come back on the other side. And give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome to Teach Kids by Child Evangelism Fellowship, helping you teach truth to the kids in your life. October is Bullying Prevention Month. Your student will probably receive a lot of valuable information about what bullying is, how to stop it, and how to get help. You'll want to debrief that education and make sure they aren't being taught to stay quiet about their moral convictions in order to not make others feel badly about what they believe. Stifling free speech is a type of bullying itself. What we need to prevent is intimidation and mistreatment, which causes kids to suffer social anxiety and self-loathing. For information on teaching your students to be confident and compassionate leaders in this area, see the article on bullying at cefonline.com. Teach Kids is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship. There's major delays because of a crash on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at the Dames Point Bridge, blocking the left lane. Also, there's an accident on I-95 northbound between the 295 Beltway and Phillips Highway. And there's a broken down vehicle on I-95 northbound near Pecan Park Road. Clear and cool tonight, low 48, Wednesday sunny, high 74. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary, happy to be with you and glad you're joining us here as we come to you from Jacksonville, Florida on Tuesday. I guess it's April. April, listen to me. October 17th. Uh, what are you six months spring? off. I don't know. Six months off. But uh, Brad is away this week. Uh, he should be back on Friday, and he and I will be here together. But I think he's uh, helping his daughter and son-in-law move this yeah. week. And yeah. so if you're listening, Brad... Hope it's going well, and uh, we'll see you later in the week. We are looking at uh, Mark chapter 1 today, verses 14 and 15 in particular. And, Doug, you were uh, just commenting on um, the the 
the overlap between Jesus' ministry starting and John being arrested and John saying he must increase, uh, Jesus must increase and John must decrease, and then Jesus went around proclaiming the gospel. And I, one thing I wanted to comment before we get to verse 15 is that was really helpful to me as we went through the discipleship gospel this summer. The fact that the scripture right there says Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God, and then it goes on in verse 15 to say what he was proclaiming. So, Have you the, ever thought about that before? No, but the fa- that's why it was so helpful, the fact that it says right there he was proclaiming you know the authors of that book refer to it as we know this is a gospel passage yes because it says jesus was proclaiming the gospel well not not only was it a is it is it just a gospel passage it's one of the few maybe the only right. where it says he proclaimed and then this is what he actually proclaimed right right and 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 i never to your point i never really thought about that before but the you know how do we miss as the author said including these elements in the gospel presentation that we give and that again i know we'll get to this a little bit but the fact that the authors kind of took what jesus said here right in, from the scriptures and included these items as essential elements of the gospel presentation that we give i thought was incredibly helpful yes uh, and for me uh, i've I've shared the gospel for the last 35, 40 years um, with people, and I had to repent of omitting mm. the kingdom talk right in there, you know, and uh, that's the first thing he said. Yes, and 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 we, you know, so many of us have missed that. You're you're not alone in that. That's for sure. And your intent certainly was not. To- <laughs> to no. leave anything out but um but it's right there is the first thing that he says he, he says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand and i know that's what you're going to get into here in verse 15 yeah and uh, as you know one of the questions that has come up a lot um in the last really the last few years is did paul preach a different gospel than jesus no they no. all preached the apostles Jesus, Paul, they preached the same gospel. Now, when they had different audiences, they may have tailored sure. the explanation sure. of those elements. But whether it's um, Paul and uh, you know Athens, you know, saying to repent, mm-hmm. or the apostles in Acts two saying to repent, or John the Baptist saying to repent, or Jesus saying to repent. They all had the elements of repent and believe Mm -hmm. and follow, Mm -hmm. you know. um, So uh, as we look at this text, it is important to remember it says Jesus proclaimed the euangelion of God. And then he, he says, saying, and that tells what it is. The first statement he makes in verse 15 is the time is fulfilled. The word time there is the word kairos in the Greek, not chronos. Now, we get, you know, chronological, we get chronograph from the word chronos. That means like time on a clock or on a calendar. Mm. That's a, you know, a a time of reference. Whereas time kairos, that word, 
means a fixed point in history for an event to happen, mm. which is a little different meaning there. Right. It's still a reference, but it's a specific fixed point in history. And what Jesus is saying is the time is fulfilled and saying the kingdom of God is at hand. In other words, God's Messiah has come and his kingdom is here because the king's here to rule and reign. Um, and so that's what they would have heard. Now, that is not what we, I mean, when's the last time you heard a gospel pro, uh, proclamation who said, hey, the kingdom of God is is at hand. It's here. It's now, you know, he's come. God's kingdom is now. Mm. To, he's here to rule and reign. Right. When's the last time you heard that part of a gospel? This summer. <laughs> when you were teaching it, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. But I mean, seriously, uh, David, even as good as I tried to be, to be faithful to giving mm-hmm. g- good gospel presentations, when we went to the Philippines, you've referenced that a couple of times, I, I tried to cover it. But I was I did not articulate it no. as well as it was clearly articulated. Right, there. right. Well, I was thinking about that and how helpful the the kind of the four point presentation that we had in in the Philippines. We didn't specifically talk about the kingdom of God, but we did talk about God's original plan for His kingdom mm-hmm. and how man's sin disrupted that, mm-hmm. and God's solution in all of that is Jesus, the restoration of his kingdom. So we we didn't say it maybe as clearly as we could have, but it was in there. I think, it, you know, you maybe had to dig for it a little more. But the idea is he's restoring his kingdom so that the earth will eventually be the way it is in heaven. Yeah, and, and this is not something new. We're not proclaiming something Correct. new. Uh, John MacArthur dealt with this issue in his book, The Gospel According to Jesus. Um, and We're so refocusing, it, I think. It, it's it, a refocus it, it, on making sure that element is there. It is. Right? So we have a responsibility <laughs> to preach the gospel as God gave it, right? I mean, it, it, is, it is not our... Uh, our message to change. We have to be faithful to what he's called us to proclaim. And Jesus is our model here. He He's the one. He's saying the kingdom is here. It's it's at hand. It's now. The king's here to rule. And then what did he say? Repent and believe in the euangelion. Mm. Repent and believe, not in, hey, I died on the cross, because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. Right. He's just telling them, believe that your king is here. He's here to reign and rule, mm. which means that should comfort us if our king, the eternal king, the 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 one that had been prophesied from for thousands of years, all the way back to Genesis 3, the one who would defeat Satan, the one who would defeat sin, that king is here, and that is what... The word repent there, we're going to get into that next week because I'm teaching this week at SWAT on that word, repent, because I think we've really done a number on that word in our culture because people don't like to hear that word. In Mm -hmm. fact, I would dare say, Dave, you don't hear that word a lot in our culture either. No, no, you don't. Well, if you say it, you're just a fundamentalist. You know, they just throw that word out there and just kind of dismiss you. But that's what Jesus said. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and it's not simply 
changing your mind about Jesus. It's not just saying, well, I never thought I needed him, but I guess I do. That's not what that word means. And we're going to look at that next week. And then the following week, we're going to look at the word believe. I was going to try to do them both in one week. Ain't going to happen. So we're going to focus on those. But let's get back to the kingdom as we talk about this idea of the kingdom of God. To understand the kingdom of God, we've got to understand what's meant by the word kingdom. Uh, I mean, what would they have heard? Well, in their mindset, um, the kingdom is where a king reigns over subjects. Right. So there's a king and there's subjects, and then there's a domain that he reigns over. And we said this yesterday that when they thought of a, a, a king reigning, his domain is where his will is observed. In other words, it's obeyed, right? You obey the king, then he's king over that area, right? Yep. And so for us, when we think about the world that we live in, what happened when when Satan fell, mm. he was given temporary and limited authority right. over the earth. Right. That's why he's called the power, the prince of the air. But but a lot of people forget that, David. Right. They they forget that. And and God does reign, but he has temporarily given limited authority. It's always underneath God's sovereign control. Right. But he still has been given that limited authority over earth. And I always think of Satan having to approach God in the heavenlies in order to afflict Job. Right? That God allowed that and told him he could, but he couldn't kill him. So there's a good example of God reigning, but Satan having some level of impact that God's allowed. Yeah, and even, um, you know, in the book of Jude, when Michael was contending with Satan, um, he did not presume to pronounce a judgment, but said, the Lord, the Lord rebuke you. Mm. I mean, like, in other words, my master rebuke you. He didn't even, Michael, who is greater yep. than any human that lives, right? right. You know what? Right. So, right. So, but, um, well, we are going to take our last break of the day, and we're going to hate to interrupt the, on this point of uh, conversation, but we're going to take a break and come right back. Hope you'll be with us on SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network on the air in Mandarin at 91.7. I 
wish I pulled go back and forth finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without you Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary and... Uh, uh, talking uh, about uh, revelation during the break, and uh, I promise I'm not going to get into that here on the air, but uh, referencing a, a, a line about all the different views about uh, end times. Well, and no, you know, well, the, the, I, well, the, I, I, you know, we were we were talking about Satan's limited reign right. here because <clears throat> one of the questions that comes up a lot, and and feel free to to call in if you've got a question about anything we've talked about. Um, but it, one of the questions that comes up a lot of times is uh, our authority over Satan. And, you know, when we talk about the power that resides in us, I remember when the disciples came back to Jesus, hey, we had the power over this. And he says, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that your name's written in the mm, book of life. Mm-hmm. He did not want them to focus on that. Now, could they at times rebuke a demon in somebody? Yes, Paul did that. Mm-hmm. Paul uh, caused a guy to be blind. Right. Uh, he cast a demon out of a person uh, as the Lord led him to do those things. But, you know, uh, when the power that's in us um, means that we have the creative power of the the God of all creation inside of us. Um, the Holy Spirit resides in us, which means we have uh, Satan cannot force us to sin. So that's a lie. If, if, if anybody says that he forced, if you're the a believer, me do it. yeah, if you're a believer, Satan has no power to force you to sin. He cannot possess a believer, a true believer. And he knows that we're going to defeat him one day. Hmm. You know, he knows that. And so, but um, he can create issues. Look at Paul. Paul prayed three times uh, for the thorn to be taken. That was a messenger from Satan. Yeah. And it didn't. Uh, In ourselves, we have no authority over Satan. But we don't. God has all the authority. He is the only one that has authority over Satan. And so... As we think about the kingdom, the fact that the king has come to rule and reign, he's come to take back Mm. places where a believer, like somebody who's not yet a believer, they're captive of Satan. And think, think think of Israel going to release a captive. Think of that freedom. The freedom is not so that person can do anything they want. That freedom is to bring them out of the bondage where they are to come back in Israel to where they have to live under those laws in Israel, right? Mm-hmm. They have to right. be, they, they can't just do whatever they want right. in Israel. In the same way, when we've been redeemed by the king, he rules and he reigns over us. He delivers us. 
not for freedom to do whatever we want, freedom not to sin, right? freedom to have victory over death. We have victory over death because of Jesus. And brought from darkness to light, brought yes. from death to life, spiritual death to life. We People get the wrong idea that somehow they're free if they can if they do what they want and yes. in, in sin and to your point being a slave to sin but but that only it, it might seem like they're free right but yes. we know that they're spiritually dead yes and so so here's the thing um you know for a kingdom i mean we talked about jesus speaking about this about a hundred times in the scriptures about the kingdom of God. So to understand the kingdom, the best place we can look at the Bible is, is the Bible. How does the different domains of God's kingdom, uh, how are they displayed in the scriptures? Like the king, God's kingdom began before Genesis one, right? Mm -hmm. And it ends way after revelation 22, but the Bible is instructive to us. So we, we said yesterday there's several domains of God's kingdom throughout his word. There's a heavenly kingdom. There's an earthly kingdom. There's a promised kingdom. Uh, there's a postponed kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, a millennial kingdom, and an eternal kingdom. And as we look at this first one, uh, a heavenly kingdom, we, we read in Colossians 1. In fact, why don't you look up real quick Colossians 1, 15 and 16. Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. I should, yeah, have, had, yeah. I should have had it Come right on, I'm trying David. to remember yeah. GE Power I'm, Company. That's all right. <laughs> Colossians that's 1, what? 15 and 16. Okay. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. He, he, being Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Okay, so what was the invisible he's talking about there? The kingdom before creation. Yeah, it's yeah. the angels, right? right? And so uh, flip over to Isaiah 14 real quick. So the first kingdom domain we see mentioned really um, or talked about time-wise chrono chronologically is the heavenly kingdom, which is uh, really the angelic order. Right, it's the it's Satan, Michael, right, Gabriel, those those angels, and the domain is heaven, right. And something happened in the do, the that that domain in that angelic realm. Read Isaiah fourteen verses twelve through fifteen. Yeah, how you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn! How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. So who is that talking about? Yeah, Satan. It's so there was a fall in the heavenly kingdom. And Satan took a third of the angels, and basically the question Satan was dealing with is he didn't think God was worthy to be the eternal king. He wanted to be mm. on par with him. He wanted to be, he thought he should be that guy. And so God created earth and an earthly kingdom. He created mankind, 
We see that in Genesis 1. Uh, flip over to Psalm chapter 8. So I feel like this is a sword drill. Yeah, it is. Remember kinda, the old sword yeah, drill? Yeah, well, well the, so we're just, again, talking about these kingdoms. The first was the heavenly kingdom. Then there's the earthly. The domain of the earthly kingdom is obviously earth, where man rules as a vice regent or a vice shepherd, under shepherd, over the earth. Read Psalm 8, verse 3 through 8. When I look at your when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. Okay, so here's Adam as the under-shepherd or the vice-regent, the vice-governor, whatever you want to call him, over earth. We read that in Psalm Psalm 8. And in Genesis 3, what happened? By the way, Genesis 1, when all that happened, did Adam question whether God was worthy to be the eternal king? No. Nope. When he made Eve, did he question whether he was worthy to be eternal no. king? Only when who? The, chief, the angel, Satan, who, Paul, came, and how did he tempt them? Yeah. You can be like God, mm. which was what? That's what he wanted. You can be like God, and God is holding out on you, and, yes. God, and God's a liar. And that is right. the lie from the enemy. Right. Every time he tempts us, right. that's what he comes with. And really, what we're all tempted with, with any sin, is to rule and reign our own life apart from God's will. Mm. It is to rule apart from his plan, to rule apart from his decrees. And so there was a fall. Adam becomes a child of wrath rather than a child of God. Mm. And he brings that curse on all of humanity, him and Eve, at that moment. And that was in Genesis 3. But what's so cool, David, is before even the next chapter, I mean, it's not only a few sentences later, we see the promised kingdom. Mm. And we're going to look at that tomorrow. We're not going to go into it now. But those are the first two domains that we see. The heavenly kingdom, the angelic order, there's a fall. Satan falls. An earthly kingdom, Adam and Eve created, there's a fall. But there's hope. But for God. Right, right? but God. And, yeah. uh, and so tomorrow we will look at a promised kingdom, the postponed kingdom, a spiritual kingdom, millennial kingdom, and an eternal kingdom. Mm. Isn't that good stuff, man? Really good. And it, it gives, I've mentioned this before. I think it's John Eldridge in one of his books. I've, I've liked some of his books have been helpful to me. And I think in one of them, he refers to Jesus' birth as, a, as a, an incursion by God into enemy territory. Yeah. And when we talk about all of this, that gives kind of new understanding of what Eldridge means by that phrase. It really was an invasion by God into enemy territory. And, and, and when we are able to share as God's ambassadors with people who are held captive and they're released, we take back hmm. a little more territory. Because remember, a king's rule is where his will is obeyed. Right, right. So when someone repents, 
when they turn from ruling their own life, ruling and reigning over their own uh, life, and letting God have his rightful place and and his son Jesus ruling over them, then they take back that area for Mm. the king. Isn't Mm. that that good? Yeah. Yeah. And it it, 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 kind of helps us better understand when we say that God is restoring he's the earth isn't going to be destroyed they're going to be restored and renewed the heavens and the earth right and and God is in the process of well the current everything we see correct. will be destroyed right. but but his original creation to your point was good he said every time he said and it was good and it was good and he's renewing and restoring all that even as we speak so yeah amen <laughs> a lot of stuff it is a, lot a lot of lot good of stuff, stuff. yeah good reminder hey listen my um i, I uh, am excited uh, about my uh, guest on uh, thursday i've got a guy named ben carroll former law enforcement who does a lot of training but uh dad was a preacher really really great stories of faith mm. and witness